Amen. Lady Brian, congregation. Um, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life, thanking God for all that He's done and all that He's doing. Amen. Amen. Thanking God for loving me as I strive for perfection in Him. Amen. Amen. Giving honor to um, Elder Williams, that's what we call him. <laughs> Man, he made me feel good back there. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Given a bag, a label, 
a name. We are held with joy, love, amazement, fear. We are physically touched by many, each person transferring a little bit of themselves to us. And as the days after our birth go past, some learn that they face physical challenges or mental challenges. Life at that moment just became harder. For your parents at that moment, for us as we grow. These are known issues. The issues that science can tell us. So parents begin to fortify your surroundings and make plans to give you your best chance. But those of us whose parents were religious or spiritual, they've been praying since the moment that they knew you were coming. They knew that the life, that this life you were coming into was wrought with challenges. Our earthly parents know the world we've entered. The planning that they've done for nine months was different from everybody. Getting ready for your, your arrival was different for everybody. We each have our own birth story. And in this world, we know not every child has a crib or a car seat or the baby necessities or the baby niceties. Not everybody gets a little bobo with their name on it. So our stories differ. Our beginnings differ. Even in the same families, how we get here, how we got here today, excuse me, differs. How, how some of us got to our issues, our disclaimers, we talked about disclaimers last year, our hurdles, our roadblocks, our brick walls, our dream killers, and our addictions differ. What we all have in common is that we were born in sin. Amen. As David says in Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. What is also the same, for it's God's love, it's grace, and mercy. His son, Jesus, though, as in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Yes. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Yes. Yes. We can have a spiritual healing because of Jesus' physical death. Yes. We grew and we grew with life. Life experiences happen. We got we learned good habits, bad habits. We have family traditions, cultural traditions. Our parents have reflected some of their ideas, beliefs, and fears onto us. Yes. Things happen, like you said, life happens. Yes. To us along the way. We take wrong turns and experience bad things. We experience love, hurt, pain. These experiences shape who we are. They help to decide who we will be. It also determines that if we fall down, will we get back up or will we just stay down? One day you may find yourself feeling so heavy, burdened down, stuffed, Broken, bashed. You may sorry. You may decide to take a good look at yourself. You may or may not realize that those pesky issues are weighing you down. The ones we refuse to acknowledge, 
and deal with. So tell me, why do we hold on to our issues? What causes us not to heal and continue to be separate from our destinies? At Universal, we've been learning about our destinies. Why do some of us not believe we are sons and daughters and heir to the vast fortune God has for us? Why do we not want these issues not to die? Some of us hold on to them like they're a badge of honor. We see, and I know this is a women's thing, and it's usually if I use words like thing and all of that, you know, okay, I don't mean no disrespect, that's just it. We see that in Psalms 51, David repented. Now, you know, my husband that helped me here, this is a part of one of the things he helped me with. And sin, his sin caused his separation from God. We all know about his sin with Bathsheba. Yes. And you're, you're right. It interfered with him leading God's people. Yes. Now, I hope that not, in your mind you're not looking at me and you're saying to yourself, well, what is she saying? My issue is a sin. How is she looking at us telling us that my issue is a sin? Well, what I'm actually saying is that, that anything that separates you from That's God's right. death, Born with issues and eviction notice. So, and now we're living. We're living. Amen. We go to church and we sing, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know. I know, I know, he holds the future, and life is worth the living, just because he lives. And in that moment, whoo, you can feel it in your fingers, you're all the way to the bottom of your feet. Oh, your neck feels so good because God has got me. But some of us are still living. So you up here living and swaying and whoo, Jesus. And you get halfway to the door and you're like this. You're burdened down with those issues. Whose report do we believe? See, in Universal, when I stepped into Universal, we had Joshua and Caleb. And they were teaching us about whose report we should believe. Whose report are you believing? What are we saying to ourselves? This is something, one of, I'm sorry, the, the things that um, my, my, my sisters in church are trying to get me to turn off the TV. And my husband always is trying to get me to turn the TV off. But you know, so, you know, we're at home, so I look at him. That's my husband. Why is he telling me to turn the TV on? <laughs> For real. That's my thing. But, you know, but then, you know, then Reverend Donna comes over, and, you know, Sundays. And, you know, she does this sometimes. She has that little dance. 
and she'll tell me things, and she's, she's dancing, and she's telling me, and she's talking to me, and she says it nicely, you know, you need to turn that TV off. Okay, Reverend Donna, okay. And she never gives up on me. But that's my issue. So in all of this, I had to realize, well, I'm sitting down and I'm like, you want it? <laughs> I knew the TV. Monday, Monday, Faith comes in, Mommy, what you doing? I'm studying. You see the books on the bed? Mommy, what you? I'm studying. Don't you see? No, it was Tuesday. Monday, I clean. Tuesday, books on the bed. Why? Because, you know, one of my other issues is procrastination. Books on the bed. I'm studying. The TV's on, but I'm studying. <laughs> right, I'm studying. The, the teeth are right here. <laughs> okay, so I'm absorbing it. I'm studying. And I'm, as I'm finally getting stuff, and I'm wondering, well, God, you know, what's up? <laughs> I know, I know I'm always talking about, you know, I'm a lay person, and, you know, but I know, I know you talk to me sometimes, and, you know, but God, what's up? You're not saying anything to me. Come on, God. Well, you know, awesome. hey, freeborn, what do you expect? You know? <laughs> So what I'm saying is that it has all been a lesson for me. So if nobody else but me gets this today, I'm all right. Amen. Because it was a confirmation of the issue that I refused to deal with and that I denied. So the other, I'm lamenting over giving up my TV. Every time somebody says something to me about the TV, oh Jesus, I can't turn that TV off. Netflix, come on now, I gotta binge. I got that's my thing. Everybody else may have you. Lord, I need those shoes. Those shoes are hot. I can't afford to invest in myself. Those shoes are hot. That man, woo, child, he looks good. And we tell ourselves that that's where we're supposed to be. So we deny that we have an issue. So what we can't do is lament over our lives, our past hurts or our past mistakes. We can't carry our shame like a cross, right. hoping somebody else will carry it for us or just lift it off of us. When Jesus actually already did. Amen. I learned something a couple of weeks ago. We went on a retreat. And I didn't do great on the meditation part. But I did learn some stuff. And I kept trying. And I learned something about shame. <laughs> and about living in shame. It opened up a new way of thinking for me. The mistakes we make in life should not be carried by us through shame. It is all right to be embarrassed by something. And that same Sunday, right after I learned that, of course, something happened. And I actually was okay with what happened. Normally, from that Sunday until the next, I will beat myself up because of one little mistake that someone else 
thought I made. But I'm thankful that at that moment, I left it there. Mm -hmm. It happened on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I left Sunday. it on Sunday. So we have to move forward from that moment. Shame causes us to live in a fog. The fog causes us not to address the issue. Or it teaches us to live in the same issue and not live past it. It can be so thick at times that you can't move. For example, I, 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 I mentioned the fear of having enough. That's something else I learned that weekend because there was a woman who kept telling me, it's better to give than receive. It's better to give than receive. Now she said it to me at least six times. And at first I was like, well, I've been giving. What are you talking about? And not to myself, now I'm not saying it to her. To myself, I'm like, well, you know, but she was doing re re reflexology on my feet. Right. So I wasn't going to say nothing bad to her because my feet was getting reflexology. <laughs> and she kept saying, it's better to give than to receive. Well, it reminded me of my fear of not having enough. And we're... And eventually where that fear of not having enough came from. When I grew up, the funny thing is, is we had enough. But I had a stingy father who also lived in that fear because he never had enough. So I lived with this issue, okay? So because I couldn't give, in a certain way. My family, I'm not the one that gives the money in my family. Nobody can call me and ask me because I'm not the sister that learned that lesson. <laughs> what I always had was time. God always provided me with a boss who I could say, my niece needs me, my sister needs me, I gotta go. I need to do that time, time. But because I couldn't give financially, I felt shame. And I realized I stopped giving time. I stopped giving love. I just stopped. It was hard. Once you become an, it becomes a habit, <laughs> not giving. And it doesn't mean I'm not a nice person or a good person. It just means my issue now is my habit. I'll go there. <laughs> so we have the issues, but the issues, but we are not the issues. We can live past them. We can thrive through them. We can also let them die. We can kick them out. They can be evicted out of our lives. They've got to go. My friend in college used to say, get your coat and your winter hat because it's time for you to go. So, why can we live past these issues? Why can we let these issues die? Because nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. See, I am Robin. I am not fear, hate, sex, alcohol, or drug addiction, abuse, gluttony, lies, gambling, uh -huh. cancer, okay. depression, misery, short-temperedness, gossipy, 
I'm not a mistake. Amen. Let them die. We have learned in, I guess, psychology, or I guess it's psychology, we have learned that in all endings there are five stages of death. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Yes, and as you let go and let that issue die, you will go through these stages. Some of us are still in the denial stage about some stuff. So we're stuck. It seems like it's an impossible task. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So it is impossible. It is possible to, to let it die. In first, I'm sorry, in Second Samuel 11 through 12, we view some forms of these stages. David sleeps with Bathsheba. She becomes pregnant. He tries to cover it up by having Uriah sleep with his wife. Uriah's like, I'm a soldier. I'm not going home. I'm on the front line. When that doesn't work, he has Uriah killed. So David just kept ignoring the issue. It was like a soap opera there, right? I mean, we go, we look at some shows, and that's what they. I think that's a lot. That's a that's a thing uh, from Empire and Power and all those shows, right? <laughs> right. No, he just kept it ignoring it. He was in denial, so much so that he marries Bathsheba. Of course, after she mourns, you know, we got to do the right thing. We got to let her mourn. You know, I got to be big, and we got to let her mourn. But then the Lord sent Nathan. Nathan shares a parable with David. And after he shares this parable with David, David, excuse me, we see in 2 Samuel 12, 5, that, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, Nathan has to tell him, well, dude, it's you. That's right. That's right. It's you. So then we see David's acceptance of his issue. Yeah. See, because his issue wasn't that he slept with Bathsheba or that he had Uriah killed. His issue stemmed from his lust. Yes. His cockiness. Yes. He had to yes. And he had to have what he wanted. That's right. So had he may have dealt with that at the beginning, yeah. he wouldn't have been there. But in that story, God shows him his grace and his mercy by not having him die or Bathsheba die. But he does suffer consequences. And he and Bathsheba's son dies. And during this time, we see David's depression about his son's sickness. And we also see his bargaining. We also see his final acceptance, and he says that being a child of God, we see his repentance in Psalms 51. I'm sorry. I was supposed to read the scripture there, but it ain't on my paper, so I don't know where it went. <laughs> okay, so, but I'm sorry, and his bargaining is 2 Samuel 11:22. So we see him bargaining, and then we see his acceptance in Psalms 51. 
we see him, his repentance. See, that's the difference about the stages. We have to repent. Because some of our issues, right, as we know, some of our issues separate us from what God destiny, God wants us to do. Amen. And we have to be okay with letting it die. Amen. The man in us wants to keep the issue because we want to be in control. And even as you can go to church every Sunday, every Sunday, but we're human. It's human nature. And some things we want to keep is ours. And sometimes it's not good. Sometimes we're keeping issues. I remember when I first started going to Universal, I came from a Protestant church in Brooklyn, one of the oldest churches in Brooklyn. And it was a mixed congregation when I first started there. And I did everything at that church, basketball, Girl Scouts, we did everything. But it was different. We could wear pants. And then nobody ever asked me to change or do anything. I could just wear what I wanted to wear. So when I got to Universal, needless to say, I had to make an adjustment. But to tell you the truth, it was a fight. Because I sure enough gotten in, I was like, I am not. It is too hot. I was, I, I fought it. I fought it. And I and one day I sat down and I was like this. <laughs> and dead gone it. God, you got a lot of nerve. And that's how I had to understand. Baby girl, your, your skirt's too short. I don't have to be, you know, baby, your, your skirt's too short. But Robin wanted to be Robin. And I still hold firm to being who you are. But some of Robin's issues and some Robin's issues and Robin had to die. And you know that because I couldn't reach some people. I would get mad if I went to someplace else. Now I was in a whole different environment and I'd get these looks. I get cocky and mad. <laughs> not there because, you know. That's just not. But I get in the car. <laughs> and we all, and the kids were all, and it's so funny, the kids would get home and we're out. And I'm like, you see my, did you see how they looked at me? And I just got defiant. So I didn't want, I was in that, I don't want to change, because I, I, I got to be me. I got to be me. No. You have to be who God tells you that you're supposed to be. Now, when someone else comes who, 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 who is new, I don't look at them and I don't look down on anybody. I'm not looking down on anybody. When you come through the door, it is not up to me. When Bishop Johnson, it is not our job to clean the fish. Right. It's only our job to catch them. That's right. Amen. Amen. So I don't look down on anybody. I understand the struggle, the fight. I mean, when I started praising God, we didn't do that at Flatbush Dutch. When I started praising God, it was a fight. I was praising God on one hand and fighting everybody who came near me on the other hand because I was fighting. Well, that's exhausting. Yes. And Pastor usually tells people 
let me alone. Well, dude, normally my husband told me, leave me alone? What am I fooling him? Well, then I'm not really, I'm, emo I'm in emotion. I'm in emotion. I'm in my feelings. I'm in my emotions. I'm not really praising God. I'm just like, oh, that music. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, excuse me if I. No, sometimes, you know, you get in there and you'd be like, oh, okay. It was a fight. And Robin's fighting against, the secular Robin's fighting against Robin the child of God. Because I want to hold on to my issues. Yes. Because we know when we get together and we talk, and you, you know, sometimes we do ourselves a disservice. Because we're so into our issues. And as I said, we wear it as a badge of honor. And some of those issues, they're not badges of honor. What you've gone through, yes, is your testimony. But I also learned something from Elder. And me and Pastor was talking about this, this other day. That if you're given the same testimony in, from 10 years ago, then what are you doing? Come on now. Come on now. If all you can say is God healed me from cancer 10 years ago, well, what, are you, how is, what are you doing? Yes, you continue to thank God for the healing. That's not what. But in between that cancer and today, God has done something else for you. And if he hasn't, and not with God. That means you have you have sat back on your laurels and said, well, God, you know, that's all I got to do. I've been saved. I've been healed. He got me out of that relationship. He opened that door for me. He got me that job. Some of us stopped going to church. Because we've gotten what we want. Mama. But we've never dealt with with why we were there in the first place. Come on now. Wow. That's good. Why did we get there? Why did God have to do that? And I know physical things, scars that we can see, I, always, I say invisible, invisible scars, because for me, it's always the invisible. I know that the visible is not in our control sometimes. as we think of it in, in human nature way. But we also know that everything we deal with, invisibly, stress, <laughs> doubt, fear, takes a toll on our bodies. Yes, Lord. All those things take a toll on our bodies. So, I lost track of my paper. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. God blesses David and Bathsheba with another child. Yeah, he did. Solomon. Oh, yes. We know how great 
solid. We know that he's fought with troubles at the end, but we know how great he becomes and what he is and who he is. And God wants us to be healed. Yes, he does. He wants us to know we are more than life's experiences. Amen. King David was more than his mistake, yes, his sin, his issue. Yes, he was. See, in all reality, Jesus is the only one who's really born with issues. He was brought into this world to carry all our issues Amen. and all our stuff. He lived his life telling people how much we were loved. Amen. And he died taking all our stuff. Yes, he did. With him. Yes, he did. So why are we picking luggage off the carousel? that no longer belongs to us. Mm. Are we thinking, well, that looks like my bag. It's the same color and size. And it looks like mine. Let me just pick it up and take it home. But Jesus died yes, he did. so that we didn't have to, to do it. it. Yes, right. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Our issues can be ugly, is I don't know what. Some of my issues are nasty, dirty, and disgusting and need to go up under my feet. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make me not a child of God because Amen. I have them. That's right. yes. But do I do God a disservice by ignoring them? Yes. We like to be, be careful of the words that we use. Yes. So, you know, my husband, my pastor's always, don't say mine. So when I describe certain things, when I talk about depression, I don't, I say the depression. Amen. I don't say mine because it's really not mine. Amen. No, it's not. Anything built well is built with a firm foundation. So our minds are a structure. Our, our, our minds, is a, our brains are, is a structure. So it has to have a firm foundation. What are we building our minds with? What are we getting? What are we reading? What are we saying to ourselves? What are we telling ourselves about our mistakes? How are we loving ourselves? What truth are we believing? My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. Are we resting? Are we loving? Are we laughing? Are we connecting? Are we making sure our support beams are sturdy, true, and positive? Who do we have around us? Who is feeding us? These things are important. Pastor always tells us that we're, when we move the negative out, the negative thoughts out of our structure, we have to put something positive in to replace it. So what are you going to put in? Finish this off. I want us to think about the woman with the issue of blood. Yes. She believed that if she would just touch oh, yeah. 
the hem of this garment. Now, this is after she went to man to get healed. She believed that her last and her only hope was Jesus. And not Jesus, his skin. Just the hem of his garment. We don't have any physical garments here, but we have his word. Amen. If I could just touch his word, if I could just hear it and believe it, my issue would dry up. It would. His word is that touch. You, you know, I'm, I was teasing, my daughter teasing, and I'm like, you know, but sometimes we take it for granted. And we got the electronics now, and I got the electronics too. And 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 this is just, we may look at it as just a book, but it's still the word. And the pages, the pages in my book are just thin, and I've always loved books. Me too. So touching them does something. Yes when I do what I'm supposed to do. Because remember, I'm learning that I got to accept and not deny some of those issues. Touch Mark 5, 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And then after that, just a little bit of that scripture, 536 says, be not afraid, only believe. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Philippians 4.7-9, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, things are pure, Whatsoever things are of good report, if they be end by any virtue, and if there be any praise, think of these things. These things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and God and the God of peace shall be with you. Psalm 55:22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalm 103, 2-4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? He asked. He don't care which iniquity you think it is. He says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth?
was 